Hey, what's going on, travelers? Shaman Just GQ here. Uh, as promised, we have the second half of the Tasmia episode today. Got some very engaging conversation that transcends uh, social issues, some playful banter, uh, and, you know, just friends catching up because that's what it is, is, you know, real conversation, you know, between all of us that we can all benefit from. Insert a message. <laughs> Um, also got some exciting things coming up, working on a few things for the travel guides. Also booked the Thanksgiving trip, uh, hidden England, Ireland, Brussels, going to try to work in Luxembourg, got to stop over in Amsterdam. It's going to be lit. Uh, so you all will hear, uh, the lead up to the prep or the prep that goes into the lead up. What have you chicken and the egg, whatnot. And, uh, obviously you'll have a front row seat when, um, we're over there. Also, uh, I know I've been talking about doing this questions episode for a long time. Uh, we're definitely going to make that happen. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, subscribe, listen, tell a friend to tell a friend. Really, truly appreciate all the love that you all have been showing the travel guides. And, you know, please continue to help the movement. If you like it, if you enjoy listening, then help us out. You know, and refer a friend. Tell someone about it who's going to one of the many destinations that we have reviewed. But for real, though, appreciate all the feedback, all the support. Definitely means the world. Please keep it coming as well. Please reach out. The travel guides at gmail.com at GQ50 on Instagram. But that's it. GQ out. Amsterdam has a huge expat community. Absolutely. I did not know that. Um, so one of our pre- former co-workers actually lives there now. Okay. Um, so I hit him up and he gave me what he called the money list of places to go to. So um, we ate a lot, right? So right. we no understanding that it has such a big expat community, we wanted to get a lot of different kinds of food. So we had Indonesian food, oh, we had okay. Indian food, um, we had traditional Dutch food. The food was... Really, really, really great. What um, is traditional Dutch food? Because when you said that, I yeah. was like, I have no idea what that means. So, like, breads and then, like, um, burgers as well. Right. Um, and burgers then, are Dutch? That's, it, there was a whole menu of wow. burgers, right? I think they're, they consider it, like, a Dutch food. Okay. Right? And then, like... Um, Eggs, like eggs and eggs and like breads for breakfast. Um, eggs like, and bread for breakfast. Yeah, like like a certain kind of toast. I forget what kind of bread it is. So they're into the carbs. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So it was it was really good. It makes a lot of sense. So it was really good food intake situation mm-hmm. there. Um, went to the museums. The museums are obviously really great. Van right. Gogh, lots of good Van Gogh. Absolutely. There, um, and then went to the Anne Frank. House. Um, Did not do that when I was there. We stood in the rain for 40 minutes to get inside the Anne Frank house. So a little fun tip. Um, you should book your tickets in advance online. In advance, like maybe a month or two out. Really? Yeah, I mean, we were we looked for tickets and there were just no available dates online. So after 3.30, you can just line up outside and there's a huge line. And it happened to be raining. So is it huge, 
huge. Or is it huge? <laughs> um, I also did not know how much it rains in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. So it rains. Um, what I was told is that it'll rain like here and there throughout the day. Kind of like the, Florida? So something like that. Okay. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I can't really say because the day we were there, it actually rained a lot to the point where people were telling us this is actually like uncharacteristic of how much it's raining. Right. That was the day we stood outside for 40 minutes. <laughs> and, and the rain stopping wet. It was, it was so bad. And I, and if it Did was not something, yes, I bought it in Nice That's in good. preparation for what was to come. Thank nice. God. I know. Nice. You were nice to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. I'm usually that. not this corny. <laughs> or maybe I am. Uh, I don't know. Be funny from time um, but it was such a, it was a surreal experience. I mean, it was, you know, okay, we're going to go a little deep again, but, like, you hear words like, you know, rights started getting stripped. Right. You started feeling like you're no longer a part of mainstream society. You can't do this anymore. You're not on equal um, footing with us anymore. Deportation, right? And then you're just like, shit, man. Like, to your point, are we that far apart right. from, like, certain things that have happened in history, right? Which is totally not to diminish that story at all, right? Um, but it's just like a lot of the sentiments that led to what happened, um, you know, not super different. Right? right. And, you know, like, obviously I think we tend to talk about this a lot more, like for your listeners, like me being a person of color and you being a person of color, Brown we've bear, had right. another pair of nicknames. Right. Like we've had a lot of these conversations. Right. right? So I think that's why the, our conversation right now is naturally progressing to that point. Um, so that made it even more surreal. Um, but it was, it was, it's very emotional, right? It's, it's a very emotional experience. Um, I think the most impactful thing that you see there, or for me, I can't say, you know, for everyone else, but in my experience, is that you see this book, right? And it has the, it has the names of everyone who um, kind of, who passed away as a result of being in the concentration camps. Right. And it's a thick book and it's very, very tiny font and it's open to the page with last name F, and so you can see Anne Frank's okay. name there. Wow. And then right after that, there are th four names. It's the same name, different people, same name, right? And then you hear someone over video saying, you know, we have this house and we have this book that's been published in so many languages around the world to tell the story of Anne Frank, but what about these four people right after her name, right, in this book? And what about everyone else who... Like, you can't really, you're not telling their story. And when you think about, like, that level of, like, that significance of loss of life, like, it's just very jarring. Um, so it was a very emotional experience, very moving. But, I mean, obviously, I would highly, highly recommend it, right? Um, just to truly, if you've read the book, as I'm sure, like, everyone has, right? right? Most people have. A lot of people probably need a refresher, though, because, I mean, how I think I read it when I was, like, 11. Right, right. Something like that. Right, so um, would definitely recommend um, going there. Um, to bring it back to a little bit of a lighter note, um, uh, I did not get on the canal, did not ride a bike myself, um, and did not really learn that much Dutch either. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> okay. Apparently Dutch is very close to English. My really? friend was telling me this. I yeah. heard that same thing very similarly. More um, so than Italian and French and all of that. I fell flat on my face when I tried to learn German. Like, 
can't figure out German. Like it just, it just, it just, it just did not, it I know work. how to say I can't figure out German in German. <laughs> I had three phrases. That was about it. It was I was freaking people out because when I would open my mouth, it'd be this broken German English mix. They didn't know how to. It was it was a lot. It just it was it wasn't working. How much do you when you're in prep? We know you prep from a food standpoint. <laughs> if there's one takeaway from this, let it be known. How much do you prep from a language standpoint in terms of extending the courtesy of, I don't speak your language, but yeah. I'm going to say, hello, how are you, thank you, as opposed to saying, I'm here, speak American. So, it depends, right? Like, so when I went to China... right. I mean, I didn't even pretend that I would be able to know what I needed to know, right? So places like that, I'm just at the mercy of people's generosity, right? Hoping that they will either understand me or pretend to understand me or, like, will help me out, right? Use general sign language. Ah, oh, yeah. Like, that works. Like, universal. Here, please take. I don't understand. What a show, guys. (laughs) Um, when it's a place like Morocco, that is when I summon my broken French. Nice. Um, you know, Morocco was fun because fun in quotation marks, cause I used my broken French. My dad used his broken Arabic and we made it out. Right. Nice. So that's that was in Brazil. It works. So, yeah, you find you a way eventually. Work. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. like you go to a country like Amsterdam, uh, you go to a country like, um, Netherlands and you don't really need to know the right. language because Everybody speaks English. Everybody speaks English for the most part, right? Um, So when I went to France this time, I think the better question for me is like, of like the French you know, how much do you try to practice it? And I try. I really (laughs) do. I promise you, like it doesn't really... Oh, I got 10,000 steps. Nice. Woof, woof. It just went off. I know. It's all the the hand hand movements. You started talking about sign language, so I got really into it. Um... I was ordering churros for my sister in Paris. Why she had of course. a jonesing for churros in the middle of Paris, I don't know. And I was trying so hard. I was like, I'm going to do it. And I was asking for it. And all of a sudden he goes, it's okay, I speak English. <laughs> and I'm like, am I just wearing the American flag around me? Like, do you just know that I should stop trying right here? But I will say I continue trying because that's how you learn, right? Exactly. experience. I'm kind so, of sad when they do cut me out because I've had a similar experience. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, bro, it's let me let me try. Like, yeah. what are you like? No, I don't know every word, but it, right. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, my pronunciation isn't perfect, <laughs> but you sort of got it, right? Like a churro is still right. a churro in French, right? Like maybe the R is pronounced a little different. Uh, like, I don't bro, know. Let me let me rock. So I mean, I've been trying to be fluent in French for a very long time, and so that's why I was happy for the opportunity to go to France twice, and right. so. I mean, even when I was, like, in Nice, I had been in France for, like, um, six days, seven days at that point, and I was already getting more comfortable with certain things, It's muscle memory. It doesn't take that much to get back if you have, like, a base knowledge. Right, right. And then, you know, the pronunciation, like, after a certain while, you just get into the flow. So, um, there's that. And then, I really like Duolingo. Oh, yeah. So, so my my co-host, who will return eventually... Um, and National Fever needs you back, baby. Um, he he is a big fan of Duolingo, mm-hmm. and actually, in the Brazil episode with Ashley Reddy, uh, season two, episode five, um, he they mentioned Duolingo and like and how that works. I personally, I've turned to other podcasts like 
and listen to when uh, the last time I went to Italy, I listened to this is how I learned Italian. It was like for I think I listened like three weeks mm-hmm. before, and it was just like passive when I was working, whatever I would like have it going. They would just run through stuff, and then I would look at uh, verb conjugations. Um, and then once I learned the verbs, mm-hmm. then I learned like more syntax, and then. From there, just having, like, a general concept, I was able to rock in Italy. Like, on yeah. some, like, yeah, like, low-key. Now, I'm pulling heavily from Spanish, but, yeah. like... Are you fluent in Spanish? Ish. Okay. But I was able Enough to... Enough to be dangerous. Yeah, like, I, if you drop me off, like, I would emerge with the people. Like, it would be, it would be okay. But it was, it, like, that, it, that, that worked for me. German, not so much. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, I, I think there are the kind of people who, like, are very, very, like, find it very easy to pick up on languages. And then for me, like, similar. Like, there, there are certain languages that I tried to get into and I couldn't. French, I've just been wanting to. Right. But I've been trying to use Duolingo for Spanish. Um, I just feel like living in the States, it's easier to be, quote, unquote, immersed in Spanish because there are so many Spanish speakers around right. us. And you can really force yourself to have non-English languages. So um, I like Duolingo. I want to kind of... Um, get better at Spanish be, with Duolingo because in Cuba I really felt like that um, that language barrier a little bit more. Right. Um, so I mean, go back to your question. I think it just depends on the country. There are certain countries where I think you, it's it's the res, it's being travel responsible, like a like a the etiquette. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're being responsible because you can't just expect people to know like what you want or how to, how to help you right. because they just don't don't really know but as we know sometimes the best thing is to go with the natives that's very true that when you mentioned panama earlier when i went to panama we did a 10-day trip and we went with someone who lived in panama grew up there and it was just amazing not just from a language perspective but you get all that inner in inside right. knowledge you that'll there, be you in brooklyn love. right for life for life i'm gonna take you with me it's it's funny i speak the language <laughs> so it works it's funny how tough like the the vocabulary very like can create a barrier because like i remember like travel so like i would honestly i would say i would say conversational and then i need to warm up in order to get to like near fluent but i remember vividly like if i'm rocking if i'm if i've been there for a minute like i'm gucci i'm rolling Right, straight up. Because then you, the shame is gone. She made a drinking motion, but like, yeah, there's the 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 no shame is gone. Right, I'm like, whatever. Like, I'm just let I'm just letting it fly. But I've learned like, I remember we got dropped off in Costa Rica, and uh, at our hotel, which was forever away. And I'm with my family. Nobody speaks Spanish. Nobody. Everybody speaks English. Um, they sit me up front with a driver where we drive. 90 minutes and I'm like having to keep him awake and like talk to him we show up to the hotel they're like we don't have a reservation for you I was like girl when I tell you I my Spanish was like <laughs> popping I was like this is survival mode. It was like, like <laughs> the Spanish that you break in case of emergency for real like, but it was like Matt like when we got deeper into the conversation there were words that, it was like mad broken because it was there were words that I had never used before mm-hmm. it was like not a scenario that I had practiced for um and I'm very much like I will play it in my head and then, like, speak it out yeah. before. But it's like, this is reactionary. Like, I'm trying to, I need a cot to sleep on tonight, you know? Right. So, right. I don't know. It was, it, it definitely, it definitely depends. I think I understand, like, the very, the variation within. 
fluency, so to speak. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think going back to the point that I've already made, I think it's just the responsibility of the traveler to understand to what extent of where you're going, how like how should you prepare yourself. Like going back to my China experience, um, the hotel that we stayed at, this was through business school, the hotel that we stayed at, at reception, they had a card that said in English, I am trying to get back to this hotel. This See, is the address. very helpful. And then written in Mandarin, right underneath that. And so they encouraged everyone to take something like that. Right. And then I had a friend who was a vegetarian, and what she found is that a lot of the restaurants, and this is Shanghai, a lot of the restaurants, even if it's like a tofu dish or like a yeah. vegetable dish, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> no false um, foods. They, they cook it with like some kind of meat, like either like meat fat or like little pieces of meat because they like that flavor, right? So they put the to- they, they make the tofu taste like meat. Why don't they just eat meat? Yo, maybe some people like the texture of tofu. I don't Ooh. know. I don't know. I don't, actually, I do sometimes, but... So she's a vegetarian, and this poor girl had the hardest time trying to order food in Shanghai because she does not know anything beyond the ni hao that Mm. you helpfully contributed. That's all I got. (laughs) Um, And so then she did something similar, taking inspiration from those cards that the hotel brought. She asked someone at the reception desk to write down for her, I'm a vegetarian. I do not eat chicken, pork, beef. Etc. Etc. And I cannot have it in my food. Bring Can me you vegetables. please make me something without? Right. <laughs> Bring me vegetables. <laughs> just like a basket, a cornucopia of like vegetables, vegetables, and I will just like gnaw at it. <laughs> yeah. No. So I mean, you know, it's like so you learn how to prepare. I think the the place where certain people might go wrong and. Hopefully, I don't think many people do this. It's just this expectation that everyone will know English because, right. you know, English is like the most common language. Right. And I think that's that's just a fallacy that kind of leads you to trouble in certain places. I mean, it's booming now, though. Because, I mean, we're I remember when we were growing up, like, damn, we're adults. Um, when we were growing up, like, we thought we were ahead of the eight ball, which we were. Like, knowing one language or knowing two languages. Now it's like, I got baby cousins that know, like, Spanish, French, Portuguese, Chinese, like they're transcending alphabets now. Like I'm like I I could I can do like I can I can finesse like some romantic language where yeah. you I, I, I don't know hey hey now I can't do it. That was and it's easy to lose it. So like real quick. um I a lot of four year old version. Yeah. I so I grew up Muslim. I uh, don't really practice any that much anymore, but I grew up Muslim and so when you are growing up Muslim and practicing, you have to read the Quran right. in Arabic, right? And you know, I hadn't read it in English or Bengali, but you read in Arabic because there's there's um a certain sanctity and like it's sacred to read it in the classical Arabic in which it was written, right? Yeah. And then later you you learn the meaning, of course, because you should know what you're reciting. So I did not know how to speak Arabic, but I knew how to read Arabic when mm. I was eight years old and I finished the Quran. And I will tell you, I don't remember that alphabet. Like I think I remember maybe a couple of letters, maybe a couple of numbers. Um, so even with other alphabets, like it's so easy to lose it, right? Just as it is to lose a language if you don't. Um, but, 
Uh, on the flip side, like I learned the Bengali alphabet on my own because I knew the language. So it, that made it much easier okay. to learn the alphabet. Um, and that I still remember. We were talking about that today, actually, like about how much knowledge. <clears throat> hey, this is a conversation at work. How much knowledge they cram into your tiny 10 year old brain <laughs> that is immediately flushed out. Somebody was like, what is the capital to Missouri? Do you all know? Because you don't. It's Jefferson City. And I was like, I remember vividly in, I was like nine, we had to learn all the states and capitals and whatever. About 70% there. And then when I was in seventh grade, I remember there was, it was a story test to get to the eighth grade. We had, you had to make a B or better on a world map test. I remember I got like a beer better, a beer better. Yeah. On like, you had to like, that was like the, the step for promotion or whatever. And I remember I got like an 87 on it, 200, what, three countries or 206, whatever it is. I was like, girl, I don't know where half of this stuff. I just, I had to look up, Hey, I'll own my shame. When we were talking about the Netherlands, I was like, man, is the Netherlands that close to Germany? Borders. I mean, it was like, it was, but I was you know what? so like, not on my radar. That stuff isn't really emphasized, at least in the public education system here, right? So, like, yeah. I went to school in New York City, um, and I did not go to private schools. And all I can say is, like, things like languages that are so emphasized in a country like Belgium, for example, right. right? Like, it's not emphasized here, right? Like, we talked about people in Amsterdam knowing English, right? And they speak very, very, very fluent English. And it's because it's emphasized there, right? right? Like, world geography is something that, in my experience, I've seen people from other countries are so good at. Oh, yeah. There was legitimately, in business school, we had, it was during, like, one of our, like, happy hour sessions in business school. Um, and, um, which, for those of you who are not familiar with the, the culture of business school, like, the entire class can go to, like, every Thursday in some schools, Friday. Right. A session where, yeah, well, not a session, like a happy hour for two hours where there's, like, beer and wine and whatever provided. And sometimes we had, like, little games and stuff that we could play just to keep it interesting. And, like, different clubs would sponsor something. And there was a trivia night one time. And they were giving out maps, and you had to fill it out with country name. The international students were like, (laughs) we already know we're smoking all of you. And it's true. There was one team, and it was all international. They would not let any Americans join. You will not bring us down. I don't blame them. And they smoked it. They smoked it. And it's it's true. Like, it's it's, uh, 200-something. I think it's like 210. 195? I thought it was 203. Yeah. Well, we were both wrong. So we just learned uh, as global citizens that we are ignorant (laughs) of that. But that's why we're going to all of them. Okay, that's that's why we're sitting here talking about it. So there's 195 countries in the uh, in the world. I definitely thought there was two or three. No, I thought it was 200 something too because I remember Coca Cola saying all the places they're in, and they said something in the in the could be consolidation as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I still remember. Coca-Cola mentioning here are all the countries we're, we're in with the exception of like North Korea and one other, one other country. So right. It was definitely in the I feel like it was 200. Countries. Yeah, it was 200 in like the early 2000s. I will... Uh, and what you're recognizing. Yeah, it's very as, true. As being a state. A sovereign, a sovereign country. Very true. Um, Where are you going next? So, okay, Bangladesh, maybe, in December. Right, right. Back to Panama uh, for a wedding. When is uh, this? In February. 
Might hit yeah. that one too. Might <laughs> hit that one too. Um, I've been looking for an excuse. I Panama was the first place that wasn't here. That's not true. Barcelona was, but Barcelona was like whatever. Um, I love Barcelona, but that was. But I truly felt like I could have lived in Panama. Like I effing love Panama. It was just like I felt like they rocked with me. Mm-hmm. It was it was just dope. I just I love Panama. So I'm like crash that. Yeah, I you're welcome to come along for sure. Um, I really liked Panama as well. I mean, obviously it's like a very like uh, highly developed, prosperous country. Right. Um, so the the skyline was gorgeous, but then we also went out to the islands um, and like camped out on the beach for a night. Seriously, I'm telling you. Oh my god! Hook it up with a native, and right. they'll tell you. Um, the islands are called San Blas. S A N B L B L A S. We had to like drive across like crazy terrain to get there. It's speed hard to get to. Uh, yes, speedboat to these islands that, from what I remember, are um, ignore that. <laughs> not under the jurisdiction of the government of Panama, but still under the jurisdiction of indigenous peoples. Okay. Um, and then you pay a certain amount of money, and they give you all your meals. They give you camping equipment, and then the next day they take you out snorkeling in the middle of the ocean. That yeah. sounds amazing. It was really good. I mean, shout out to my friend Bea for organizing all of that. So, uh, Panama in February. And then I don't really have anything else planned. I mean, I feel like I need to save up my money for a little bit. I already have to get new new pages on my passport. Swag. Whoa, whoa is me. The humble brag, right? <laughs> whoa is No, it's not I even a humble brag. It's like a legitimate concern <laughs> that I'm like showing up at some like country or like trying to get my passport stamped and they're like, yeah, you got to go back home. They, yeah, they really would turn you away. You know, I don't, I don't know what, what has happened. I don't think anybody's trying happen. to find that out. Yeah, I'm not trying to find I'm not trying to find that out. That's so. like the visa well where people will travel and like, I've heard horror stories about this where they go to Brazil and it's yeah. like, where's your visa? It's like, I need a what? Yeah. Word to the wise. Make sure you're checking to see what uh, entry in the country, the entry requirements of a country is. Yeah. It's really before you go. Do you have, do you need a visa? Uno. Do you have pages in your passport? Duh. And switching around languages. You saw what I did there. And uh, expiry date. Three. Right? Because people have different people, not people. Uh, countries have different requirements. Like, you need your passport to be valid for six months or whatnot. Um, that and then tips, right? So, okay, so obviously I already said Norwegian is great. So, Norwegian, I read up on this, they're actually trying very hard to be a transcontinental budget airline option. Break that down. What does that mean? So, we talked about Ryanair, right? Right. Ryanair is Europe, right? So, it would be awesome for Ryanair to pick us up from across the pond and take us to Europe. Absolutely. Has yet to happen. But I think Norwegian has recognized that that, that is um, white space opportunity. Right. And so... Brand my, language, I like that. You know. Can't Innovation is key. Can't get away from it. Right? Um, so my friend, my fun employed friend who met up with me in um, in Paris and then we went down to Nice and Amsterdam together, he took Norwegian Air as nice. well. And he, I think... The one ways were like about two hundred, maybe two hundred and change each, which is still a very, very good price to pay for arrival in Charles de Gaulle, Paris, and then um, uh, getting out from Chappelle, Amsterdam, right? right? Um, so I got lucky because work paid for for that trip for me because I had that conference at right. the start of it. But he took Norwegian Air and, you know, it's like we got there really early because I'm all about the exit row life. Oh, yeah. So when I had to go to Dublin, we got, got there. You got long limbs, girl. 
I do want to look out for my dad yeah. because he As is five eleven. I know you and I have had plenty of conversations <laughs> about being those are the real gifted terrorists. with height. Okay, seat recliners are the real terrorists. I don't know, man. There's <laughs> there's a different kind of foul play that can happen on planes when you use that T. Very true. But, very true. Um, but yeah, you know, you show up early, you get that exit of life, um, and then I did not need any kind of warm food. I was fine with carrying. A carry-on, like we read the specs, we we have the weighing machine at home, so you just have to like do a little extra planning. Right. Um, and then my mom actually just got her a flight to London in the springtime from New York, JFK, not the upstate uh, airport. I thought you were going to blow my mind. Um. Yeah, it was like five hundred bucks. Springtime. You have to. I mean, that's not like it's the high, but it's like the high of traffic times. It's like she's leaving like March thirtieth, coming back April, and and it is it is in Gatwick, so it's not Heathrow, but it's like a thirty minute ride to Central London. I don't feel bad about that. Take the tube. Heck no. So when you take Ryanair to Paris, um, it does not stop in Charles de Gaulle. It stops. It stops in Beauvais. So again, this goes back to be a prepared budget traveler. Like understand where you're being dropped off, and then look into your options right. of like how to get to city center, right? And this is where all that painstaking research comes into play. Absolutely, you know. So um, when you go to a place like Beauvais, and again, they do this because landing fees in these air- smaller airports are so much less. And ah, that's why the cost that makes total sense. That trickles down to you is much less, right? Um, even when we, and I know I'm jumping around here, so I apologize, but even when we took. Norwegian to Dublin Airport, we got off at a terminal far, far away. Like we were walking, and there was it was not like a nice shiny airport. Right. Like, like that part of the airport was not nice and shiny. It was just like okay, we're gonna just put some green paint on here because you're in Ireland and it's green and good enough. In and Irish, right? Walk forty minutes to like the cab line, you know. Um, so that's what a lot of these budget airlines do. So there's probably a lot more cardio involved for you to get to where you need to be. But going back to like where Ryan stopped. Save money and lose weight. You know, it's all good. I know, right? Like it it works out fine. Um, but yeah, so like there's, there's things that have been done to make it easier for you. And what I mean by that is Ryanair stops at Beauvais. That's, um, still outside Paris, but there's a bus that will run from Beauvais to Ryanair. And the bus right. schedule is completely in lockstep right. with every Ryanair flight that's going out. That's so they you can look up this is my flight and this is the time it's leaving to from so and so place and going to the airport. How about that? From airport. Airlines not trying to screw you. Yeah. Amer- I mean not American. United. Message But that's because they want you to fly that airline, right? Um, and then another thing, and I'm sure those budget travelers who are listening already know this, but like for Ryanair and EasyJet, I flew EasyJet for the first time, you can check in and print your boarding pass like, I think like a week ahead. Yeah. Really? Because you have to print your boarding pass ahead of time unless you want to pay some ridiculous amount of euro money to get it printed there. Yeah. So that's why they let you check in earlier. So you I cannot say, that. oh my God, I didn't have time to print it because I only checked in on... Yeah. So, sure enough, Dublin, when I was there, I, like, ran around town trying to find, like, an internet cafe. Right. True story. My mom was, like, praying. She's like, I hope we find Because it was, like, late at night. Because <laughs> right. I was like, oh, my God, Mom, you have to pay, like, a million euro to, like, print this at the airport. But then we found one. And then I read the fine print. And it was like, you could have checked in, like, a week earlier. Da, da, da. That's crazy. So, tips. I love it. 
I'm actually flying Spirit for the first time when I go to Mexico. When uh, I come back, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm only taking a backpack. Yeah. And we'll see how it goes. I'm sure there'll be an interesting story, but I did get an aisle seat, so there you I'll go. be able to stretch. You stretch can, my like, legs out. you know, just the, like, the, like, sideways, like, stretch out. <laughs> I've been sideswiping snack carts since about 2000, so. Yeah, the only reason I have some beef with Spirit is because flying into LaGuardia one time, the plane kept getting delayed and delayed until, until finally they were like, we're, like, not even by the gate anymore. We've, like, started moving towards the runway, and they're like, flights canceled. LaGuardia closes at midnight. What? I did not know this. As a New Yorker, I was embarrassed that I did not know that until I was sitting there fuming on the Spirit Airline, and it's like 10 p.m., and you know that by the time you get there, it's going to be past midnight, and that airport is done shut down. So Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I actually slept that night at the airport because I got on a Delta flight for like 300 bucks because like I'm going to New York. I don't care. I really thought Don't you were going to say slapped somebody. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, she's too much of it. This sleep. has been a really awesome conversation. I think so, Thank too. you. We bounced around a lot. We did, but this is thus is our conversation. So, True. You know, Mia no and Big Daddy shout. <laughs> BDS. Um, <laughs> so tell the people where they can find you if you want them to find you. If not, we can awkwardly skip past this. Um, I don't know that I am like, I have a super heavy social media presence. You know. I mean... I don't really. You know what? So, yeah. They can find me on the, on the second time I come back. Oh, I like how you did that. I like yeah. how you did that. Finessing an invite back. Oh, you know, we respect the finesse lifestyle <laughs> in these parts. Well, good. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Travel Guides. And remember, your next adventure is just a click away. Oh, at GQ50, Twitter, Instagram. Hit that follow button. Peace. Peace and passports. Bye.